Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Joe Millmine, and this is episode 17, an interview with Boo Knits. Welcome into another episode of the podcast. I hope you are all well since the last time that I spoke to you. A warm welcome to returning listeners. As always, it's fantastic to have you here with me. And for any new listeners that are joining us today, I hope you'll enjoy what you hear here and maybe stick around and listen to a few other episodes. I'm very excited about this interview that I'm bringing to you today which is with lovely Bev of Boo Knits. Now, Boo Knits was a designer that was shrouded in mystery for me for a long time. And I was lucky enough to meet her at the Yarn in the City Yarn Crawl and asked her if she would mind awfully coming on the podcast and doing an interview with me uh, for all of you. As you know, uh, Bev was the designer of the Shawl of Awesome. It was my first ever bee knits pattern, although it wasn't the first one that I'd bought. I'd have a couple in the library that have yet to be realised, and this was one of them. And um, I really enjoyed knitting the pattern. Obviously, I've talked about it a lot to you guys, and um, it was the pattern that I chose to knit for the UK Podcasters Award. So it seemed only fitting and correct for me to go and chat to Bev and find out a little bit more about her designing and how she goes about being Boo Knits. She is a fantastic UK-based designer. If you are into all things beaded and lovely, then Boo is definitely the girl for you. She does beaded lace shawls like pretty much nobody else does if I'm honest she likes a big bead which means I like hair obviously um because I just think you can't go wrong with a big bead frankly and she likes lovely yarn as well she specializes in designing patterns that look complicated but are deceptively easy to execute and I'm sure that you will all enjoy hearing from her about what inspires her, how she goes about designing, how she goes about her daily routine as the design genius behind Boo Knits and also some other chatter. If you want to try a beaded shawl, I would definitely recommend her as a great choice. You will know her um, design aesthetic. It's very a distinctive um, look to all of her photography on Ravelry as well. And if you haven't heard of her before, I would be surprised, but on the off chance you haven't, um, definitely go along and check her out. She's got a very active group on Ravelry as well. They're all super helpful. And she does a mean line in mystery knits. So if you like a mystery knit, again, probably one for you. So without further ado, I will welcome Bev to the show and uh, we can crack on with the interview. Well, 
Well, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Beth, aka Boonits, to the podcast. Welcome, Beth. Hi. It's lovely to be here. It's lovely to have you with us, and um, I'm very excited that you've come onto the podcast. I've very much enjoyed Knitting Out of Darkness, which is one of your patterns, and um, I thought it would be brilliant for the listeners to come and hear a bit more about you and... Um, your journey into designing and what inspires you as a designer, really. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about you as a person and about how you came to be interested in yarn and pursuits? Um, I'm, I'm married. I'm a mum to two grown-up children. Um, and I've, I've had time off when the children were little, went back to work, and then found that I suffered from carpal tunnel syndrome. So I gave up my job to stay at home. And my husband just sort of laughed. And it, it, I started knitting through a sort of throwaway comment. that He said that if I wasn't going to go out to work, what was I going to do all day? And I laughed and said, I'm just going to sit in the corner and knit. I'd been reading a Debbie McComber book, A Good Yarn. The, um, about the, the store based in Blossom Street and it was it was enchanting I, I loved reading it and I thought you know what I just like to sit and knit and I hadn't knit anything for years and years and when I said I would sit in the corner and knit he just laughed and said oh well, you won't do that and you know as all women know men should never tell us that we won't do something <laughs> so off I went and I bought some yarn and some needles and a pattern a book of patterns for hats and I looked in the, the book and read through the pattern that I wanted to do and I thought oh my goodness I can't do this I have no idea what they're talking about so I went on the internet and I, I discovered Ravelry and I found the feather and fan comfort shawl and I thought, well, that's just straight lines. I can do that. So I started knitting that and I ran out of yarn. So I went and got some more and I just kept getting more until I had a huge shawl. I cast off and I took it back to the lady at the yarn store and showed her and she, she grinned like a Cheshire cat and she said, you've knit a lace shawl. I said, but no, I haven't. It's in Aran weight. And she said, no, 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 the stitches. They're lace. You've knit a lace shawl. Well, I could have, I could have floated away there, and I was just astounded. So she picked up a skein of lace weight and said, "This is what you're going to have to knit in next." So I knit, and I got home, and my husband looked at it, and he burst out laughing. And he said, "You'll never knit with that." And again, don't tell a woman she won't do something. So I did, and uh, I knit a citron. And it was it was wonderful. I, I was so pleased with it and I was addicted. That was it. Off I went and, and I've not looked back. Fantastic. Your husband's got a lot to answer for, I feel. <laughs> oh, I blame him completely. <laughs> he actually now he proofreads all my patterns with me. So he, he keeps paying for it. <laughs> Good lad. So what was the tipping point then that turned what was your hobby and moving from the citron and, and the lace weight into a full-on design business? I just kind of fell into it really because I, I'd given up my job. So 
we didn't have you know we're not a rich family i didn't have lots of money and i bought a skein of fairy wings uh by fiber spates and it was 20 pound a skein and to me that was a lot of money and i thought i can't afford and can't warrant spending 40 pound on a shawl so i need to do something with just the one skein well there's only about 350 meters in a skein of it which isn't a lot for a, a shawl of, of any size and i like i like to wear my shawls back to front so that the center of them is dangling at the front and then the ends dangle either side so i like a, a good size dangle on my shawls which is why a lot of them are really quite wide and shallow um so i looked at this yarn and i thought I looked to, to find a pattern and I couldn't find what I really wanted to do. So I thought, you know, what? I'm going to have a go. I'm going to see if I can do something that will fit what I want out of this yarn. So I did. And then when the picture of it went upon Ravelry, because it was only for me, it was never, ever intended as a pattern. Um, I had such a huge amount of feedback asking, will you write the pattern up? So then I had to go and get another skein of yarn and knit it again and try and work out what I'd done the first time. So I wrote everything down. Um, the first one had been a little bit tight on yarn. So the next one I made slightly smaller so that people had got plenty of yarn left and, and they weren't going to run out. And I released it and it became quite popular and I was astounded and, and very shocked. And then I was getting messages saying, so when are you going to release another pattern? And and I hadn't had any plans to do that. I'd never thought about it. And then I just thought, well, do you know what? Why not? We went, we were down in Cornwall and I started to knit Ictis, which was my second pattern. And my husband then said, Well, you know, if you if you sold the pattern instead of putting it up as a free download, you might be able to pay for you know a couple of skeins of yarn out of a couple out of the patterns that you sell so i thought well okay fair enough if i can cover the cost of my yarn i'm happy and so i did and you know i sold a couple of patterns not very many but a couple and and then i just found it huge fun the whole process of looking at shapes and patterns and and translating that into stitches but every pattern is designed for me, um, which makes me sound really, really selfish. <laughs> it's every pattern is designed for me because that's what I want to do at that time. That I, there's never any thought of, oh, this will sell or people will like this one. Um, it's just purely and simply, OK, I want a lace weight shawl with beads or I want um, a fingering weight shawl or um, it's coming to winter, I'm going to be cold, I want to knit something chunky and warm. And and so it's always how I feel at that particular moment. Oh, that's really interesting. What point did you get massively into beads? I don't know. I don't, actually, I don't remember. Because I'm not a blingy person. And it still astounds me that I knit lace weight and lace designs. But beaded lace designs it's just it's just completely alien and and I don't know where that came from or what happened it's just it just did 
But I have found that where initially I thought that by adding beads and lace to a shawl, it would make it very Barbie-like, you know, or very flamboyant and, and showy. It doesn't. If you're careful about the beads that you, you use, they don't need to be blingy. They can be really quite understated. And the beads actually add a, a wonderful weight to, to the shawl and help drape beautifully. So they're an intrinsic part of each design and they help those those long dramatic points hang so well but really I don't I can't remember where the beading thing actually started or how no it's really cool because you do use um the triangle bees because I've, I've never used the triangle bees because I said well if it's good enough for boo it's good enough for me <laughs> I'm using the big ones I don't want those little ones <laughs> But they don't, you're right, they don't, if you pick the right colour, they don't seem to overwhelm the piece and make it look a little bit too, too blingy. Have you got any tips for picking beads for, sorry, I know I'm dragging you down a bit of a rabbit hole here, but I thought, <laughs> why are you here? We're talking about beads. Um, have you got any tips for picking um, and matching up colours and beads to give people a bit of guidance when they start? I... I tend to put half a dozen beads actually onto the yarn itself. Once you've caked your yarn, use a tiny crochet hook, or I use a crotat hook, which is um, it's used for tatting, and it's like a very long, narrow crochet hook with a, a plastic handle. It's fantastic. You can get about 15 to 20 beads on each one, which means you don't have to load your hook up for you know every couple of beads. And I tend to use half a dozen of those in a tiny vase, so that you know I, I don't have to load it up time and time again in each row but I, I, I will put a couple of beads on and just hang them on the edge of the cake of yarn to see how they look and, and I'll put it on the fireplace I'll put it in the window um, and I might have five or six colours on different strands just to just sort of narrow it down and pick the ones that I think work best I tend to be more of a matchy bead person, but I do have my moments when I will use a high contrast. I did my first spellbound, I did in a sort of limey green with a, a matte purple bead, and that looked fantastic. I was really pleased with that combination. And I think I got about halfway through the shawl when my daughter decided that that was her shawl. <laughs> and the minute it was she she actually was there when it came off the blocking mats had its photographs taken and took it straight home <laughs> there, there was no chance of me holding on to it and then my son's girlfriend saw me knitting um the next one which I did a stocking stitch body and she's oh oh I like that oh that is nice so she walked off with that one um, and I had to make another one for myself because I I I love that pattern. That is out of all my patterns, that's that's my favourite. It's got a real place in my heart. So I knit another one for myself, and then um, that had just come off the blocking mats, and we went to a yarn show, and somebody borrowed it to put on their um, yarn stand, so that you could see because you. Sparkle Duck, Heather of Sparkle Duck sells my patterns at yarn shows. So she borrowed it to put on her stand to show what the pattern looks like. 
So I still now have no spellbound. Three <laughs> times, and each time somebody's walked off with it as soon as it's got the blocking mat. So I am going to have to make myself another one. Um, but the beads really, it's it's more matching than high contrast. But I think the wonderful thing about beads and yarn is that everybody likes different things. And I think that's the special thing about knitting is that we can all knit the same pattern and we can all knit it in the same base. But by choosing a different color and a different bead, every single one is going to be different. And especially with with using indie dyers, um, you buy yarn that's dyed by not one of the big companies and, and dyed by one of the indie dyers, each skein slightly different anyway. So every single shawl is going to be unique. Yeah, definitely. We're huge fans of hand-dyed yarn on this podcast. Not in a snobby way, just in a, it's already a work of art before you've even done anything with it yourself, which I think is just quite cool. It is, and I, and I think there's a lot, a lot said actually about people being yarn snobs. But I think if there's one thing that I have learned is, and, and, and the piece of advice that I would give anybody starting knitting is only knit with something that you absolutely love. Life is too short to knit with something because it's cheap or because somebody's given it to you or I'm learning to knit so I'm going to use this because this will do. If you buy a skein of yarn that you love and you have an investment in it that you spent, you know, you spent money on it to buy something that is good quality, then your knitting's going to look better. You've got the investment in it so that you're not going to give up. You are going to want to not waste that yarn and you're going to love looking at it. And if you're anything like me, you'll keep stretching it out on your knee to think, oh, that looks nice. Or all oh, that bit of colour, you know, works really beautifully right next to the bead. And I think you never lose that magical wonder with with Indie Dyer yarn, because like you say, it is a work of art before you actually start and and life is too short to knit with yarn you're not in love with can't i can't i can't argue with any of that certainly it's true because you spend so much time working with it it's not even it's not even a yarn budget it's an entertainment budget it isn't and that skein of yarn if you pay i don't know 20 25 pound for a skein of yarn it lasts you for weeks yeah you know you would Lots of people would think nothing of spending that on a bottle of wine, um, going out, partying, um, Krispy Kreme donuts, you know. <laughs> All these things are expensive things, but a skein of yarn will last you so much longer. And that's just when you're knitting it. It's Once you've finished it, it's going to last you for ages if you look after it. So it is an investment. Um, and, and the other thing that I learned is it's okay to say no to people when somebody says, oh, can you knit me one? <laughs> you think, oh. and, and especially if it's somebody that you know is just going to throw it in the washer and the tumble dryer, it is okay to say no, especially if they want you to knit it out of something you don't like or a colour that you loathe because, as I say, life's too short and Colour has a massive, massive impact on us. And there's nothing worse than spending two, three, four weeks knitting with something that A, you don't like the fibre, and B, you loathe the colour. So 
if you're knitting, you're knitting because you love knitting and you enjoy the process. So the last thing you want to do is put an obstacle in your way and, and end up knitting with something that you really don't like. So just say no. <laughs> it's okay to say no sometimes. There you go. Boo Boo says just say no. No is the new black for me. It, no is definitely it, the new black. <laughs> it's even okay to say no to your mum. Because my mum, the first set, well, the, the first lace rate shawl I knit was a Citroen. And my mum looked at it and she said, oh, I do like that. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, Beverly, I'd love one of those. And so I gave it to her. And when she had it, she put it in the charity bag. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was devastated. It had taken me weeks and weeks and weeks to knit it. And she put it in the charity bag. And, uh, it's, and safe to say, I've never knit anything else from my mum since then. I don't blame you. I don't blame <laughs> you. My mum's quite good, actually. She does like her knits that I make for her. She does keep them and stuff. And But she's got a bit of a thing about baby alpaca at the moment. And she does, again, I'm going to drag you down a bit of a rabbit hole here. She does crown green bowls. Oh, yeah? My mum does, yeah. She's like her new thing. She's into crown green bowls. And she said to me, there's an Irish lady that, that, that like knits um, ball covers for the bowls so they don't clank around in your bag. And she, you know, she charges a quid for them. You should knit them. And I was like, oh, mum, <laughs> I'm not knitting in, you know, ball covers in acrylic. And I was like, you know, go and ask, I said, I'll knit some for you because you're my mum, but I'm not knitting them for anyone else. And she went, oh, no, I don't want any of those acrylic ones. I want some in that baby alpaca me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, mum, I bet you want baby alpaca bowling ball covers. <laughs> yeah, I think your mum's wonderful. She's crazy. I was just no, like, no, oh, She thought she'd get it. She's cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> These northern mums for you. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay, well, going for my mum's bowling balls. Um, <laughs> back to you. What does a typical day look like for you? Um, my yarn room is essentially the front bedroom. So my commute from my bedroom is literally two steps. <laughs> so that is fantastic but it does mean I, I roll out of bed and then come straight in here to answer my emails when I really should be downstairs making my husband a cup of coffee and, and seeing him off to work so I tend to get up come in here in my nighty answer my emails and questions run downstairs make a cup of coffee see everybody off and then bring my cup of coffee back up and check to see if there's any other messages any questions need answering on the forums and then i actually spent a lot more time on the internet than i should um i think we'd all want a little bit more knitting time but and each time i think i'm going to take a little step back from being so involved in the group and answering so many questions and leave it to other members of the group to help people out and, and the other moderators. But then each time I think that, somebody says, I really like that you're so available. And and I think, oh, I can't, I can't, can I? I just can't. If, if that's what everybody likes, that I will be there and I will answer a question, then you know that I'm happy to do it. So really, I get up. I come in here, I answer questions, I sit and knit, um, and I drink copious amounts of coffee. 
brilliant. So it's heavy, isn't it? it? Well, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't drink coffee because um, it makes me hyper. Um, but it is. It's, it sounds like the kind of perfect sort of day, really. <laughs> so thinking about when you design something, then you're working on a new design. What? How? Can you tell us a bit about your creative process? Um. It's it's looking at things, and and I think that comes from being a mum and getting frustrated with small children that spent their entire existence on Game Boys playing Pokemon. Um, I was always the one that was saying, oh, why don't you look out the window? There's so much to see. And, you know, looking at the pattern on a snail shell, looking at the, the veins in a leaf, um, there is so much in nature to see and so many patterns that you, you can't fail to be inspired. Everything is, is a source of inspiration. I particularly like the sea and the sky. Um, and, and I just think that sea, sky, fields, trees, plants, life in general, that it's just, there's inspiration everywhere. Windows, I love windows. Stained glass windows and the shapes of windows and doors, I just find fascinating as well. Is there any particular kind of time frame or style of architecture that you feel comes into your work? Um, I think it's difficult to say really because I don't, none of it's a conscious thing. I tend to sit there with my pencil and graph paper. And, and play with patterns. Um, so I may have seen something that I think, oh, I like the way that sort of leads into that. And then I might sort of play on the graph paper to sort of emulate it, but not really. I mean, I have different shapes that I particularly love. I love the Chrysler building in New York. Um, I love the shapes of the French chateaus. I like some of the Art Deco stained glass. I love Macintosh. Um, I love Art, no Art Nouveau, the, the flowing lines of Art Nouveau as well. So I think there's, there's not one actual time frame or one sort of style. There's just so many different patterns in everything that, you know, it's, it's like sensory overload that, I don't know, that, no, I can't narrow it down to one particular style. No, it's cool. It's just when you were talking about it, because you can quite often see sort of like art shapes and there's some quite gothic in, influence in some of the designs that you can see. And I just wondered whether that was something that you consciously thought about or whether it just kind of came naturally and it sounds like it was probably the second. Yeah, probably is. Yeah, it's it's not something I don't ever think. Right, I'm going to do this based on leaves, or I'm going to do this based on whatever. Um, and most of the shawls are named after they've been designed. So I may sort of be feeling in a. I'm in a bit of a music phase at the moment, and probably getting older. Looking back at memories of childhood. And I'm working on a new collection that 
is takes all of its inspiration from different pieces of music that just transport you back to another time. Um, and you know, you, you, you've got to know that you listen to something on the radio and say, oh my goodness, I remember when we were doing such and such and that was playing or it just makes you remember certain people, certain times. And I think that it's lovely. When we, when our children were little, we used to be quite aware of, of times when you think, oh, this is just like a perfect day. And we used to say, you have to hang this on your memory tree. So one day when it's rainy and you're feeling miserable, you can close your eyes and you can pick all those little memories off your memory tree and it will cheer you up. And, and I think music and smells are very, very memorable things. They, they can transport you through time. So this new collection that I'm doing is all sort of based on, on music. But as each shawl emerges, it sort of fits a memory more than me thinking, right, I'm going to do something that is based on Amazing Grace, for instance. So, no, the shawls are designed and then they, they're named according to how they look or what they make me think of. Okay then, so thinking about running a business then, no journey is ever a smooth one, as we know, and running a business definitely has its ups and downs. Can you tell us about a time when things maybe didn't quite go to plan? What happened and what you learnt as a result of it? I I designed a shawl once that I I loved it. And on paper, it looked fantastic. Um, I'd got through the main body of it and sent the, I'd written the whole lot up, it had been proofread, but I hadn't knit the lace at that point. I sent it out to my test team and they was quite happily knitting along. And as the lace started to emerge, I thought, oh, that, that doesn't look good. Um, it looked quite rude, actually. The shapes of the lace was not complimentary <laughs> and until the, the te one of the testnists said, doesn't this look a bit rude? And, um, and I, I thought, well, you know, I had noticed that and I thought, well, if they've noticed, everybody else will notice. So they all had to be, well, some got finished, some got <laughs> frogged and um, I redesigned the, the lace portion of the shawl. And I learned from that point that do not ever, ever send anything out to be test knit until you have totally finished it yourself, because I have never been so embarrassed. Um, one of the test knitters did finish it, and it's her favourite shawl, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a very, very embarrassing lace pattern. And yes, I learned very quickly instantly actually that never ever send it out for testing until you have finished it yourself and you can see exactly what the lace looks like oh i love that that must have been hilarious i would love it to have been there and seen your face when you went hold on a minute uh is it just me or will everyone else notice this <laughs> yeah, you couldn't fail but to notice it, it was oh it was so embarrassing Oh, I love it. Getting on with a mature tag. What are you waiting for? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I love that. Um, so taking it from questionable shawl design 
<laughs> to the other end of the scale. Um, what has been the high point of your journey so far? All of it. You know, I, I get up each day and I get to play with fibre and colour and beads and needles and it's just exciting. You know, it's like being a kid in a sweet shop. Um, I, I can choose what I want to, to knit next, what colour, what fibre and, and I have no no restrictions. Um, I'm, I'm very, very lucky that I can just do what I want. And sometimes I think, do you know, I actually I want to knit somebody else's pattern and I'm going to knit something for me and have a rest. And I can do that. It's lovely. I never think of myself as being a businesswoman. I never think of it as being a business or have to worry about sales. I just knit because I want to knit. It's what I love doing. Oh, that's brilliant. Have you got a favourite? Have you got a favourite yarn or dyer? Am I allowed to push you for this now? <laughs> I've got a few favourites. Um, Go on, enable us. We're halfway through. Enable us. <laughs> I love Lickfadden. Um, Sabine of Lickfadden is just a genius with dye. Uh, her colours and yarns are astounding and her yarns are different bases to uh, any others really that there's not a lot of crossover a lot of them are very very individual that you just can't get anywhere else um i like sparkle duck heather is is very very good and she has some beautiful yarns and i think one of my favorites at the moment is hedgehog fibers silk merino lace it's just a dream to knit with uh, it's a lovely weight at 700 meters per 100 grams so it's not a really fine lace but it's it's not overly heavy either it's just brilliant i love it oh super so taking it a bit further on the yarn which one thing that you know now did you wish you had known when you picked up the first ball of yarn oh i think the sort of Do you really love it? Really? I think don't sort of don't look at a skein of yarn and think, do you know what? I really love that, but this one's two pound cheaper. You know, pay the extra two pound, have the one that you absolutely love. You know, if it makes your heart sing, go for it because you're going to enjoy every single stitch. Whereas if you have the one that's a couple of pounds cheaper, that, well, it's all right, it's nearly the same. Every single stitch you knit, you're going to think, wish I'd had the other one. And, you know, as I say, life is too short to knit with something that you don't love. To the point that if you're knitting something and you find you don't love it, undo it. Start it with a different yarn. Because quite often I find that at the risk of somebody coming along and locking me up, I, I think the yarn talks to you. It's quite often that you pick a skein of yarn and you just know that wants to be this pattern or it wants to be in a certain way. And, and whether it's the yarn talking to you, whether it is just instinct on your part, just go with what you think is right and what talks to you 
rather than making your yarn become something that it really doesn't want to be. That's so true, actually. Because I, I know one of my friends, she does this thing where she picks what she wants to knit and then she go, goes to get the yarn for it. And I'm just like, I'll just pick up the yarn I like and then at some point it will tell me what it wants to be. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> oh, crazy. So, imagining then that you were marooned on a desert island and you could only take one skein or ball of yarn with you, what would you take and why? I think I would take a skein of Lickfadden Re Lace. It's a silk mohair, it's 600 metres per hundred grams, it's shiny, it's slightly fuzzy, it's just gorgeous. And I love the fingering weight version, but if I could only take the one skein, the lace weight would last me a bit longer, so I'd, I'd take the, the re-lace, I think. I love it. I love how you take, you proper like, only want to knit with stuff you love. Some people are dead practical in this question. They're like, oh, I'll take this because I could build a bow and arrow out of it or whatever. And you're just like, no, this is beautiful. I'm taking this. Oh, no, I want to look good when they rescue me. Exactly. <laughs> and you want, you know, a bit to be enjoying the knitting while you're waiting, of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, super. So what's your favourite or your go-to resource for yarn craft or um, for business that you couldn't do without? Um... I couldn't cope without my computer and I couldn't cope without the internet on the odd occasion where we've been on holiday and not had Wi-Fi it's like having my hands chopped off um so Ravelry definitely is an absolute godsend to a knitter and if it's for purchasing yarns I think Etsy because you've got so many indie dyers on Etsy that there's so much choice. Uh, but if there's only the one thing, it would have to be the computer with Ravelry because they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Yeah, definitely. Ravelry is a really popular answer and it's easy to see why, to be honest. It, there's just so much information on there and so many people that love the same thing. It, it is, I, I've never really understood social media apart from Ravelry. Um, I, I just think it's the sharing of information, the support network, the fact that there are, I know people all over the world and we care. Everybody cares for each other. You hear something on the news immediately, you know somebody from that area. And you worry about them. Um, we're having a, a moderator meetup next week. So from the Boo Group, I'm I'm off on holiday, and at the start of my holiday, we're meeting up with some of the moderators and test knitters. So in Orlando next week, we're gonna be crawling around some of the yarn stores in Florida. There will be me, there will be Carol from Texas. There will be Mitzi from Maryland, Saba from Germany, M is coming down from Toronto, uh, Heidi lives in Florida anyway, so, and she will be there. And we're all going to have an absolutely fantastic time. We'll be 
going to the new store of uh, the knitting patch, which has moved to Longwood. And we'll be there all day on the 31st, sat there knitting around the table and chatting away and um, having a, a ball of a time, I'm sure. And none of this would have happened without Ravelry. The people that you meet will just really go out of their way to help you. It's it's a fantastic place and and I, I'm very happy. I've got the world's biggest sofa and so many of us meet on it every single day for coffee and knitting. It's brilliant. Yeah, definitely. And there, there is something quite special about having your internet friends and when you all get together. It's like you've known each other forever. It's quite strange, but really cool to be with people yeah. who love things the way that you love them. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's, it's magical. Oh, super. So apart from when you're on holiday in Orlando. Yeah. Very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> where can the listeners find you? I'm on Ravelry and we have a group on there called um, Boo Knits. There are just over 5,000 members, so you won't be lonely if you come and find me there. There's always somebody online and somebody that is willing to help you or chat or just cheer you on. Um, I'm also on Instagram and I post less frequently than I'd like to, but I promise to work harder on that one. Um, and my patterns are on Love Knitting as well. And I've been working with Knit Companion, who are uh, launching a, a new app, I think. Um, but they're, they're going down a new avenue very soon. And they will be selling my patterns as well. Oh, fab. I saw your picture this morning, actually, of Voodoo. Oh, yeah. On Instagram. Yeah, it's very nice. Thank you. Very nice. I didn't quite manage to fall into the hole in time. I saw when I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely doing that. And I just haven't got my got my beads ready and sorted my life out. So. Oh, it's, do you know what? It's a really quick knit and it's really nice and easy. There's no wrong side row patterning. It's all easy. And the, you don't even have to do the Pico bind off. <laughs> the crochet bind off option that uh, is just as dramatic. So, you know, it's... It, Good quick knit and it's excellent for a you know a present if you're struggling to find something to give someone for Christmas. Oh, you said the C word. That's three times in three episodes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Not even bothered. I bought Ideal Hubs Christmas the other day. I'm like so excited. I don't even care. <laughs> no, brilliant. So, do you have any parting words for those who would like to get into the industry and maybe are thinking about trying designing? Do you have any advice that you'd like to share with them? Um, don't do it to become a designer and don't do it to start a business. If, if you want to design, do it for yourself. Um, I, I, I just think that it's quite difficult if you go down the route of trying to earn money from something that is a hobby because then it stops being a hobby and stops being enjoyable so if you always approach it that this is my hobby this is what i love doing and you know i want to design different things for me then if you sell any patterns it's a bonus but i think it's it's like in all all spheres of life 
if you chase the money, it doesn't always come. But if you're just happy not needing it and doing something just because you love it, then I think that that shows in your designs your your absolute love and, and your you I think it's, it sounds silly to say that it's purer, but it it's just do it for yourself. I think is the best advice I could give. That don't make it a chore. Yes, it is really good advice because it can be tempting to go into it and it's hard work and I think if you don't love what you're doing you've got nothing to get you through when it becomes a pain in the bum because there are times when it is it is a drag to run a business and if you don't love it what, what do you draw on at that point? I don't think I ever have a week where I work less than 80 hours so you know if you're not enjoying it 80 hours a week is a long long time to be miserable and and to be doing something that you feel is a chore. Uh, it, it it is it's really important to be a knitter and to love doing what you're doing. And I think that if you take out the the business, the patterns, the the internet, the the support, and everything else, the 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 way I would define myself is I'm a knitter. I'm not a businesswoman. I'm not a designer, I'm not anything else. I'm just a knitter. And and I love what I do. Oh, that's lovely. It's really nice to hear it. It is. It's good. It's a really good thing. Um taking it then from that question onto the future. Let's get excited. You've already hinted about it a little bit <laughs> earlier on. What is next? What's next for you? More knitting. More knitting. <laughs> more knitting, more shawls, more colour, more lace, more beads, more texture. Um, uh, something a little bit different for the next pattern. Uh, I've got a, an asymmetric shawl that will be out the end of November. Mm. Um, and that's in double knitting. So getting the big needles out. No beads. No beads. No beads. You're killing me. Beads. No beads, no lace. <gasps> what are you doing? Who are you? Where's you gone? <laughs> I mean, well, do you know what? It's because it's getting cold. I mean, mm. we're in England. It's never that warm, but it's getting cold. And I thought, do you know what? I'm off on holiday soon. When I come back, I'm going to be freezing. So I wanted something nice and warm to wrap up in. And so, as I've already said, I'm totally selfish. I just thought something nice and cosy. So I have I've knit a great big squish of a shawl in three colours, and I love it. It's brilliant. And the test knitters had a ball when they were knitting it because it's just so different from from the lace, the two ply, the the beads. It it was huge fun. And actually, once I'd cast off or, or did my bind off. I missed it. It it had been like reading a really good book, and you get to the end and you miss the characters. You just want it to go on a bit more. So I hope everybody enjoys it as much as I did. But there is lace on my needles now. So it's exciting. Oh, that's super lovely. Well, that's all of our questions for now. So 
I'd just like to say thank you very much for being so generous with your time and telling us your story. It's been really interesting to hear about all, everything that goes on in the background, really. It's been really cool. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Bev. I certainly did. I found her to be really interesting and a really good laugh. She's absolutely lovely. And I'm sure you will agree with me on that one. So to add to the loveliness, um, Bev has very kindly agreed to sponsor a giveaway for the sense of the podcast. So we're going to have a full collection of your choice and two single patterns as prizes for this bumper giveaway. Um, sponsored by Boo Knits and if you'd like to take part in that head on to over to the group on Ravelry you know the score by now we like a little bit of market research um, to enter the giveaways on this podcast and just put in which is your favourite Boo Knits pattern from her back catalogue and you will be entered into the draw the random number generator of good fortune which isn't entirely random but is as random as you get on the internet .org, will select three winners at random for that and that will close on the 30th of november at midnight gmt so make sure you get over there and enter for a chance to win these fantastic prizes so i think that is all we have time for this week i hope you've enjoyed the show if you're new to the podcast i hope you've enjoyed your time with us and you'll consider hanging out with us a little bit more and for those of you who are stalwarts of the podcast, the every weekers, the wonderful people that I get to share uh, an hour or so of, of your time with, thank you. Thank you for coming back again. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Happy crafting, and I will speak to you all again soon. Bye. to the shiny bees podcast a podcast for those who like their knitting comedy and yarn in equally large measures if you'd like to get in contact with me you can do so via the blog or i'm shiny bees on ravelry instagram twitter pinterest and facebook you can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com music for this episode is provided by a music alley and it is adam and the walter boys and i need a drink i need a drink